Today on Local Landing, we are chatting with El Paso local, Miss Sharita. She is a local beast, from running her own production company, to singing, playing piano, podcasting, touring nationally as a comedian, and currently serving her 22nd year in the U.S. military. I watch a lot of TikTok videos. I feel like I should be singing a song, though. I'm out here trying to get these reels in. What? Hey, hey. Bust it wide open. Why? I, I better stop before the kids come down the stairs. Hey, catch me doing grooves. I don't know, I just want to I'm going to use that as the intro song. Me, 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 me. So I have with me today Sharita. Miss, how do you, you just, I mean, I just always say Miss Sharita when I, oh. it just sounds like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm old. I wanted to get a one-on-one interview with you. Because you're killing it in the El Paso scene. Mm. And, like, I've been back and forth from, you know, Vegas and El Paso and gone to other places. But it seems like, um, at least in the comedy scene, you know, everybody kind of knows everybody indirectly, too. And so there aren't really any female comics that are producing shows even now and i mean there are but not like you would hope or i would hope yeah it seems like it's hard to break into that demographic because it's already hard enough when the doors open for you as a female comic and now with the movement we're trying to take female off the title and just say comic because men don't have to go up say hey male comic because right know Right, that's true. But to be, but it's like it is a rite of passage when you become a female producer because there's not that many of us. Yeah. Well, and when it comes to producing, I think it really producing on its own is it's it's totally separate from being a comedian. It's still about the networking and the relationships, and you know, and that's something you have to really earn from people to have consistency. Yes. Yeah. And so I've noticed, like, you've been on fire. Like, you know, I got to to see you perform several times in, in Vegas and then obviously locally. But coming back after that, so after what, July? So just in these last two months, I've seen you coming and going literally from El Paso yes. to other cities performing while simultaneously producing shows and just killing it like if there's been so many things that keep coming up and i just keep seeing you you know yes (laughs) you have to do the marketing like the legwork like again behind the scenes with the producing it's a lot of work and people don't we don't understand that they just think a show just magically happens you just show up i'm gonna get on stage do my time i'm gonna go get paid and go yay but no, it's like coordinating with venues and, like you said, investors, um, how to get the ticket sales going, the flyers. And y'all need to stop coming at me for these flyers, all right? Look, I know how to do the flyers, but it takes a lot of energy. Hey, man, there's some people that are now, you can pay them 20 bucks and they'll make you a flyer. See, but the problem with that is I have a degree on how to do it. And it's like, I paid a lot of money for that degree. 
Hey, but some people have a natural talent to you do know? it, right? Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, I've seen some badass flyers. Like I've seen some badass flyers. So it's like, yeah, sometimes it's good to outsource, but at the same time, it's like a challenge I want to learn. I want to add it to. Yeah, and I was gonna say, start charging. Right. <laughs> if people want flyers, you know, for yeah. their shows, yeah. I mean, it takes time and it effort, does. you know, definitely. But so okay. I do want to go back, though, because everybody I talk to, I, I focus a lot about this last year, right, the mm-hmm. pandemic. And I just I'm curious, like, give me like a scenario, like where where was Sharita in like March, like right as the pandemic's going down, like things are shutting down. Like, yeah. what was your life kind of like at that moment? Well, so I was confused as of what to do with like comedy careers because I've seen other comics say automatically they had to quit comedy cold turkey and get real jobs. I'm fortunate that I didn't have that happen, but I saw other comics trying to figure out how to stay relevant. So one by one, we started throwing up podcasts. Um, there was comics that started the Zoom comedy uh, venture, and that's what we did. I got on so many shows. I um, Dante Verdusco, shout out to him because yeah. he's the one that invited me to the Displaced Comedians Facebook page. Okay. And from there, that was where the networking took off. And of course, open mic. It started off as oh, it's, it's, the comedy started as open mic. So you go on there, you do your jokes, and of course, I always look at it as an audition because they don't know me. Right. So of course, you have to bring your best material because they don't know you. You yeah. know, and then you know, in an open mic world, you're supposed to be working on material, so it shouldn't matter if you bomb or not. But with brand new people I've never met, never mm. seen, I was like, let me bring my A game. Yeah. And on the Zoom comedy, I'm known as the, the, the sucia of comedy. You know, <laughs> I'll go out there and I do my dirty jokes because you have to figure out how to stand out in the crowd. Because we all comics, we mm. all have our material, we all have our opinions of what's taboo, what's mm. off limits. And for me, personally, my comedy, nothing's off limits because I already censored myself. So I already have my, my boundaries, yeah. which is contradicting because you're like, well, you just say, you don't, you know, nothing's off limits with you. So yeah, because it's my joke. I could tell my joke how I like it and present it right. and either like it or not. So that's what helped me going. And then like I had one person like, you need to be on TikTok. I was against TikTok. I'm on there now. <laughs> but I was against TikTok because, again, being a content creator, because that's basically what you had to do. You had to evolve. So we had one year where we're stuck. Well, I don't want to say stuck in the house because I do pay rent. But I'm not, I have roommates. That you were stuck in the house. We all were. We are stuck in the house, but I have roommates. So I have to like, you know, come up with meal plans and I have to like make sure that they're okay. Your and mother. If, yeah. 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 So yeah, exactly. So if you wonder like, you know, who my roommates are, they're my kids, man. There's so many of them. And what, so you have 20? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Because does the check go up when you get like 20? Right. You know, like IRS. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so it was like, and then I had to get used to doing a Zoom mic and being Zoom bombed by my own kid. You know, I have yeah. special needs kids, um, special needs twins. So I'm trying to do a Zoom mic and, you know, one kid will get in the camera. He's like, hey, you know, <laughs> so his, his little eyeballs in the screen and people were forgiving. People were like yeah. really cool about it. And then you had some people like, oh, my gosh, you have kids. And I was like, you're not paying the child support. So what does it matter? Yeah. You know, like I'm home. So that's a great place where you don't see a lot of moms. I'm home. Mm-hmm. They're here, you know, so I'm entertaining. It's none of their business either. But people, like, they just look for things, yeah. you know? So it's like, oh, my gosh, you're a comic and you're talking. Like I said, I'm the Susia, so I'm over here doing my, my bits. And my daughter walks across the room. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, 
she's gonna learn it eventually. <laughs> you know? For my seventeen year old, he'll be walking back and forth and you'll see him giggle and it helps my set because if he's giggling, that means I'm funny. So then people in the crowd are giggling. <laughs> right. So everybody's giggling. I'm like, that's what you want. And you're a mom, so you know your kids will not lie to you. No, they know. <laughs> and the bad part is I used to use them as um not so much as material, but um I'm like, hey, let me help me with this joke. Yeah. You know? Constructive criticism. Right. So, you know, you blunt. have seventeen year old and eleven year old, they didn't like any jokes about their dad, so I couldn't practice those. But every everything else I was like, I don't see how this is funny. But then I would take that same joke and say it on stage, adults get it. So kids don't get it. Mm. So that was that so that's what we did for a whole year. It was like my kids are helping me do jokes. Mm. I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to do like TikToks. And be a content creator. Like, how did you, how to stay relevant during COVID? How to keep that craft going. Yes. You adapted. And and still be funny because we were all going through things, depression, uh, loss of work, loss of like your, your, your freedom. Basically, you can't go out. Like, how hard is that just to sit in your house and you realize what you're missing when you literally cannot leave your house? I mean, my gas was great. My car was full tank for once. But it's like, uh, can I at least walk to the mailbox yeah. and come back? You know? No, that's I was so cool that you adopted. Yes! And that's what a lot of people Not say. Because, did. Yes, a lot of, a lot of comics had, had to quit, mm-hmm. you know? And then um, some comics were like, they really had to keep that bug going. And some of them, we've lost a lot of comics to COVID, too. Because they were still doing shows, and I guess they weren't, like, protecting themselves or whatever the, the case may be. So... That's really sad that that happened. So, like, yeah. the Zoom mics, I helped out a lot. Yeah. yeah. There's still um, Linda Smith. She does her, her, Zoom, her cool. Zoom comedy shows still. And mm-hmm. she still gets a good, you know, amount of viewers and stuff. So, yeah, I did one last definitely night. definitely out there. And everybody, everybody can relate now because yes. we are all stuck at home. Right. So. I, did a, I did a Zoom comedy last night. I did the raw comedy, uh, ridicu- Ridiculously Amazing Women comedy show uh, and i find it funny how a lot of comics still won't do a zoom show and i get it they're like it's not the same thing obviously yeah. um but what i find that it helps you with your jokes because you're talking into the screen you have to be more animated more, more personable open. yes mm-hmm. and you have to like basically you could do more than you could on stage because a lot of us on stage we might have stage fright. Mm-hmm. We might be restricted to the stage. We can't move as such. But when you're like home or you're in your environment, your 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 jokes different. You yeah. deliver it different. Yeah. The only bad part was like maybe the feedback. Like if there's a delay, so it's like sometimes right. I would overtalk and I'm not hearing the laughs because you can't tell if they're laughing, um, unless somebody puts the like the clapping hands emoji. Mm. So I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody's clapping hands. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, and I'm really grateful that I was able to keep going because I would like get a cash app notification because you like put your little tip jar in there. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I got like tipped a couple of times. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, I was like, I can make money doing this. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it just like a showcase that you would do a live comedy. You get paid to do Zoom comedy. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm really a comedian. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I mean it's exposure, you know, that things out there, and then boom, your face is out there. Yes. Yeah. And we already knew, like, eventually that the world would open back up. So we were, like, grateful for the networking because once the world opens back up, I was being invited to shows outside of El Paso. So that's how I gained the national touring comic. Somebody told me the international title doesn't count because you didn't physically go. But I was like, no, I did Zoom mics in the UK, the United Kingdom. I did Zoom mics in Wales, you know. Oh, my I, God. And I didn't have to fake an accent, you know. So I was just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, you guys want my comedy? And I was like, yeah, come on. 
That's awesome. It is. You know, that is so, so awesome. And is. such a variety. I mean, regardless, it gives you experience. And again, it helps you hone your craft, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's you're doing it in front of two people or 200. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The show must go on and you're just happy and grateful for any and all exposure you can get. Yeah. So, so when did you start? What was the first place you got to travel to? Um, On the Zoom or like? Out, outside. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I got invited to do a show in Boise, Idaho, because oh. um, uh, well, because uh, we always did shows in San Antonio, so I'm always a, like I'm a regular in San Antonio, but to go far out, it was like Boise, Idaho was my my first like once COVID opened back up, so going all the way up there for the first time and meeting some of the comics that I met and that we did Zoom shows. So to meet them physically, like, mm. oh my gosh, like, look at you, oh, yeah. look at you, you know, so it was great. It was like, it was just like, just like we have the El Paso family here, comedy fam. So when I put my post out there that my comedy fam is expanding, that means a lot to me because it really is. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all comedians, yeah. but when they welcome you into their world, um, you welcome them into your world. Yeah. And we're just exchanging life experiences because you always, it's like every comedy show, like before and after, you hang out, you talk. You shoot the shit and you just get to know each other on a personal level. Yeah. And then they find out, like, you, you really are a cool person. I'm like, you are too. You know, <laughs> so I'll work with you anytime. And I'm like, I, I always, 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 when I post it, I always say that I'm honored. And, you know, people are like, well, you know, you guys are like on the same level. I, I still like to show that respect because they don't have to work with me. They, mm-hmm. they, I always find it's a privilege to work with somebody yeah. that you otherwise would not have. You know, if we hadn't had the COVID, not that yeah. I'm saying I'm condoning COVID. I'm just yeah. saying like the opportunities that came from it yeah. and the networking and meeting people and otherwise I wouldn't have, yeah. you know, and there's no problem like just being an El Paso based comic, but it's just El Paso and, and internally, yeah. you don't get as many opportunities, right. but now that the world's open, you can travel and network. So somebody's doing a show and they're like, Hey, you want to be on a show? I'm like, Yes, please. <laughs> and it's so much easier now to reach people, yes. to talk to people and make those connections via online. And it's funny because some people are more comfortable, like you said, behind the screen, yeah. whereas other people have to have like human interaction. Right. You know, so it's not to say that one's better than the other. It's there's room for all of it because right. there's such variety of comics. There's so many. Yeah. yeah. I like to think that it helps you build your range. Yeah, for sure. You know, you shouldn't be closed off. So where where else have you gone? So um, Austin, I finally got to do the Romo Room in Austin, Texas. I'm like, ah, yes. So uh, big up to Josh Castro for that. When we did the Border Life uh, comedy, he came to El Paso. He's like, you want to host my show? And I was like, yeah. And so he said, okay, and I got one for you. I'm going to send you to Austin. I was like, all right, cool. (laughs) So I got to Austin and met Aaron Suarez, and we did the show over there. And Aaron's is... um, most people will not tell you how the room is there you you get to a venue and you're like how's the crowd like what should i expect uh is it rated r or do i have to do g-rated material because yeah. they'll tell you that part but he was like all right look you got three seconds to grab the room i was like three seconds that's a test of your comedic talent right when somebody tells you you have three seconds not three minutes you have three seconds to be funny or you're gonna lose the room and I just put all my eggs in one basket. I took that basket and I threw it at the audience. And whatever happened, happened. I got lucky. I got lucky. I recorded my set. You know, I'm not going to lie. I don't have a reason Yay. to lie. So I got lucky. I reeled them in. You know, like I said, the Susie you know, when you, <laughs> you start talking. Wait, we can curse on this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you start talking about dick and everything. And everybody's like, huh? Ears perk up. And, you know, so it's just like, what? Even the lesbian daddy, they don't like dick, but they're, what you got to tell? You know, so. 
And then it, it's and then I heard it's a it's an honor when the crowd is starting to recite your jokes. Oh yeah. So I was so happy. I was like, you heard my gas joke. We're gonna fart together, guys. So you hosted the show out there? Oh, I didn't host. Or it was the one here that I got to see. I hosted the border, the one at Pershing Inn. Pershing Inn? No. Yes. Yes, I hosted that show. Yes, I, I saw that, that one. Yes, okay. that's the one that I hosted. We had the killers. That one was great. That it one was great. It was hard because, like you said, command and control. Like we had no control over how people came in, where to yeah. sit, and it was just wild. Because originally we were supposed to be in a different part of um, Five Points, mm. and then they changed it, so we had to work with what we had to, and it still ended up being a great show. Yeah, and I think I messed up on Hector's name because I had to do a blank. I couldn't remember his last name to save my life. <laughs> and I've worked with Hector before. I was like, I'm sorry. So I just threw out his, his stage name. I was like, what the Hector? He's here. <laughs> you know? So it's like a lot of improvisation. And that's yeah. what you have to understand in the comedy world. It's like, yeah, you have your set jokes, but you have to go off the cuff sometimes. Yeah. And you just don't want to disrespect anybody you work with. So you try to make up for it. I'm like, I'm sorry. But he was cool with that. How long have you been doing comedy? Five years and counting, hopefully. What, what made you go on stage the first time? Uh, true story. I was dared. I, I, um, so a little, little known fact about me. So I got out, I came off active duty 2017. Mm-hmm. And before that, I was always going to the comic strip because all my army friends were going. And I never knew what the comic strip was. And I was here like 12 years. So, <laughs> but I, I didn't go out. You know, when your mom's like, it's hard to go out. So all my friends were like, let's go to the comic strip. And I was like, all right. We went so much that I got to know the, the previous door girl that I had replaced, Jennifer. And she's like, I'm moving to California. And I was like, who's taking your job? She goes, you. I was like, what? So I filled out that vacation, yes. had an interview, uh, got the job, and I lasted three months. Yes, which is, you know, if you, if you know anything about transitioning from military to civilian life, three months is a long time. So I did good. <laughs> I did good. So I got to meet the comics there. I got to meet um, the waitresses and the servers that worked there. And I would go out and um, they started inviting me to the open mics around town. And then that's when I ended up at Jacob's Extravagan- Backyard Extravaganza. That was the first place that I did open mic. Yeah. And oh. I was I sucked horribly. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was up there just talking. And I didn't know that there was this, this formula. Like you have, it's like a, a cake. You have to put all these ingredients for the final product. So I didn't know stage presence. I didn't know how to formulate a proper joke. I didn't know like you had to like look at the crowd, like stop looking at your feet, <laughs> stop playing with the microphone cord. Like it's not a suicide mission because I was ready to, act. you know, I was just like, what? And then I had to learn like my euphemisms. I keep saying what not or right. Mm-hmm. But now when I say it, I incorporate it into my comedy. So that way it's a little bit more natural now. So now yes. when I say right, because I see people nodding in the audience, I'm like, mm-hmm. right, girl. Yeah. You know, so now I use that nervous tick. Yes. Into the into my routine. That's awesome. Yes. And it's such a, it's such a rewarding feeling it is. when you get off stage and you know, like, you made some people smile. Oh, my goodness, yes. And it took me two years to do that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, granted, five years, I'm still, a, a, I guess, a baby comic, you know, for lack of a better term. I'm still a novice. I'm still learning. Yeah. And, and, and but still, like. We don't ever stop. No, you, you can't. You cannot. And, like. I might get blackballed on camera, but like, like for you to be a comic and say that you're like you're the shit, I'm like no, you you gotta eat a dick once in a while. You have to bomb so that you know what it's like to either recover or just tuck your tail between your legs and walk off stage and be like, 
all right, let's get this ice cream. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. it's hard. It's a hard demographic to cover because you never know who your jokes are going to make laugh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, and there's been some tough rooms. Some tough rooms. Yeah. I survived. That's why people like I have the biggest respect for people that are like awesome at uh, riffing. Like yes, like uh, Butch Bradley. Like yes. he's just and he I love can... his manuals when he's on stage. He just oh just... yeah, and you're like oh okay, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. I just love it. It's it's so cool because he'll like get like three different areas of the audience. So he incorporates everyone. And then gets personal with them yes. and turns whatever it is personal into a joke. And then, like, goes back and forth throughout the whole set. And ties it in at the end. Yeah, does the callback. And I'm just like, I can't do that yet. He's a genius, honestly. I love watching him. Yeah, I, I really do. It's like there's so many comments. I just go up there and, like you said, interact with everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to do. You don't want to alienate any part of the audience. Yeah. Um, and or how one part of the stage everybody's there to see you so you have to like be involved with everybody mm-hmm. and sometimes that's scary because there's always that one person staring at you like the duster right and i'm just like why are you why are you looking at me like that i didn't do it they're like make me laugh right <laughs> you're here to entertain me and i'm like i'm trying but you're scared at me like like my mom <laughs> did i forget to take the chicken out the freezer i don't know <laughs> So, okay, so you've also obviously been to Vegas. What about, um, have you gone to Cali or are you planning on going to Cali? I've been invited to go to Cali. Um, I did the Flappers Comedy uh, Club, which is in Burbank, California, and I did that online. So they've opened up now and everybody that did the online comedy, they keep sending us um, invitations to come do the live. So there's a live audition and I promise you I'm scared because the audition is only two minutes. You have two minutes to be funny. For Josh, who's the casting director, to get you on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to go out there, but I'm scared to go out there. And it's just the one show. And I understand, like, in this business, like, you just have to, like, go. There's no yeah. right time, wrong time. Yeah. But it's just, like, I'm You have to be an opportunist. To... Exactly. But then the problem is, like, I've heard comics, like, well, I'm not going all the way out there just for one gig. And I'm like, sometimes that's the only thing you can do. Yeah. You know? So I'm planning to go out there. I would love to go to the comedy store, too. With all and it's the, Cali. The greats. I know, I know. Who wouldn't want to go to Cali? Right, <laughs> Just right. Cause. Just gotta fund it, you know. But I'm learning to break out of my show because I've done shows in San Antonio where it's just one night, and I I would go travel and go do the show and come back. And I did that with Austin. Go come back. Uh, so yeah, I definitely want to do Cali. When did you start your podcast and like? Uh, streaming on twitch and all that that was yes. during covid or that was, was that... during covid everything was during covid so it, um, that's when shenanigans was shenanigans born shenanigans was born in november so we're coming up our one year anniversary nice because it was like Congrats. towards the thank you it's towards the end of covid because like i said i was like mo- mostly doing like online like online shows online shows online shows and um some of the online shows they put it out on facebook so people can watch and some some of the shows we do tickets some of them they're free shows and a producer found me on Facebook and she's like, uh, hey, I want you to do a podcast. And I was like, I can't pay you. She goes, no, that's the great thing about it. What she wanted to do was empower women. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm a female producer. I'm mm-hmm. a female DJ. But we don't have a lot of females in El Paso doing stuff. Yep. And nobody knows that we exist. Mm-hmm. So she invited me to her studios, Beanalock Studios over in Montana. And she invited me to come out there and start the podcast. And we came up with the the idea of nighttime shenanigans. Because at the time we did it, it was nighttime. Gotcha. Like literally dark outside when we show up. <laughs> and we do like an hour or two hours. 
and then um nobody tells you how to do anything it's like everything you kind of like learn by trial and error mm-hmm. so i would do a lot of the shows just by myself talking and then we invited a singer on like and you know because it was like i'm promoting you you promote yourself you know we're working to for each other i'm getting our names out there our brands out there yeah. and then the singer i guess she didn't want to work with me which is fine because like, most people are not comedians. They don't. They come up with jokes on the fly. Yeah. So it was a little difficult. So she went her way. Um, and then I went my way. And the producer was like, well, eventually, like, you're going to have to start having guests. And I'm like, guests? Again, people don't believe this about me. I'm shy. I'm not going to ask somebody, hey, you want to be my child? <laughs> That's a lot. Thing it's about not me. natural to you. Exactly. Yeah. And like, just with the producing, when I'm putting on shows, like, I don't go ask the comments if they want to do shows. I wait for you to ask me. So I'm... Because of everything that's happened, um, because tomorrow's not promised today, I've had to break out of my shell and I've had to like, hey, come Become over here. Become that opportunist. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's so weird. Like, it, it's fun. But it's look weird. at what you're getting out of it. Yes, yes. You see why. Yeah. You see why it's so important. It is, know? it is. Because yeah. people, people want to be on or they want to support you, but they're waiting for you to ask them. I'm like, mm. oh, okay. All right. So I'll ask more. Yeah. Just to bridge the gap because it's like a lot of people, like like you said, we travel outside. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice to open up El Paso doors. Like, hey, El Paso does have a comedy scene. Come be a part of it. Come yes. get on stage. Build your fan base. You know, exactly. there's people that have heard of you. Yeah. And I, I love that. That Again, networking is like the biggest thing you can do. And I don't think people realize that. What yeah. we go through. Yeah, no, you're right. And and the hardest part is too is is also practicing your stuff with a real reaction because yes. comics are kind of like hit and miss with laughing at, at other comics I've noticed. Which I don't understand why. <laughs> if the joke's funny, laugh. Right? Don't hold on to the laugh. It's not going to hurt you if you laughed at another comic's joke. Yeah. We're going to laugh at your jokes too. Yeah. So laugh. Why hold it in? You yeah. hold it in, you're going to fart. So just laugh. <laughs> okay, just laugh. We just, need, we just need to focus on like building each other up. Like yes. honestly. Because we're all going to benefit from that. Exactly. Because the support system, remember, like a lot of us don't get support from our immediate family members Mm -hmm. because they're so scared. They're like, oh. They don't understand that type of entrepreneurial spirit and what goes into it. Yes. Yeah. My my family is similar because there are a lot of like teachers and nurses and same thing. Right, so it's like traditional jobs. Whereas mm-hmm. a comedian, they're like, you don't want to get a real job. That is a real job, entertaining people, mm-hmm. and and it baffles me how we will spend the money to go see the top name comics, right. which the tickets are way more than ten dollars, right? You know, may, way more than twenty five dollars even at, at times. Mm-hmm. You know, so why can't you invest some of that with the local comics? Mm-hmm. You, you spend know? you spend ten dollars, sometimes fifteen dollars on it movie ticket that you go and sit for less than two hours sometimes you don't know what to expect if you go even to just an open mic you know that you're gonna laugh at some point (laughs) you know what i mean and whether it's like because someone's bombing or because they're like you know really funny exactly and that's what i learned going out and seeing you guys i was like I can go out there, not drink, not eat, Mm -hmm. just get a break out of my house and watch you guys and crack up and go home and feel good. And it's like, I wish more people realized that was an option for them because it's a great, not only is it a great release for like an outside escape for like a parent like me, like you, but entertainment wise, but open mics, they're free. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and you know and you're supporting local exactly so that way when we do make it you're like oh my gosh i remember going to open mm-hmm. and watching them on the craft they've gotten good better mm-hmm. they've gotten this they've gotten that so it's like to see the process grow why wouldn't you want to invest in that we right. always say support the arts well being a comic it's, it's an art yeah exactly so support us please thanks <laughs> <laughs> so that's my goal at least that's that's my goal that's what i've been preaching since i've been in the scene like it's like I can see it there's and I wouldn't be this um, passionate about it if I didn't see so much talent. Yeah, there's so much talent yes. like there's so for me it, it when I heard how much like that people were going out of town paying for their travel their stay performing for you know a paid gig quote unquote Mm -hmm. and making fifteen dollars twenty dollars you know to me that that made me really sad yeah (laughs) and to know that it's a very common thing it makes it even sadder and it's like we can change that you know we can it's just things that have certain things that have been done a certain way just need to be adapted exactly you know because we need a it sucks when you're you work as a comedian. You put in all this effort to go on stage for minutes, minutes, but you're you're still having to work a full time job. Yes, to financially support you. Yes, exactly. You know, and then it's only so and so, or only at these venues are you guaranteed to make some actual dough. Exactly. You know, and so. I think plenty of places, there's plenty of investors, there's plenty of venues that I think would open, be very open to the idea if they realized how, you know, how to put it on, how to make it happen and how much revenue they would get from it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's easy entertainment. You can catch us before we have to be $6,000 retainer fee. You know, like these big name comics are coming out with, and $6,000 is like 10 years. Yeah. You know, can you imagine paying? Like um like almost double digit thousand dollars just to get an entertainer, like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, and then you're hiring them to at your wedding to come to your wedding. Some jokes at your wedding. Oh, so you pay me fifty thousand dollars? I'll come to your wedding. Right. You know, I won't mind telling jokes for now. Right. Sure. You you know, whereas ten dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars tickets to see you start off and 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 go out there and become something. Yeah. So yeah. What but would what crazy. would you say like where are you are you trying to stay open to both performing and producing or are is your craft maybe more passionate in one or the other that's a good question because like lately i've been like thinking about quitting comedy (laughs) altogether really what yeah like like performing both um because it's the stress the the performing part is okay i i enjoy it i really do but when you start looking at like the traveling, like you said, like the money adds up and then I'm a mom, I've got like kids in different stages of schooling. So it's just like as women, we always sacrifice our careers and things that we like mm-hmm. be for the family. And I get it. Yeah. Everybody's like, well, you decided to have the kids. You're right. I, I got it. I'm not. That doesn't mean you're not deserving of anything else. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, but we have to like think before we act. So I've, I've missed out on a couple of opportunities because I'm like, oh, I got to make sure like the kids are situated, like the nanny's not ripping me off. Um, 
and overcharging me to watch my kids. Right. Make sure my kids are good to go. Make sure I'm good to go. Right. And then if I, like you said, we pay out of pocket to go to these shows. I have to make sure, like, the money that I have, when I come back, I don't need it. Right. You know, because you, you got to remember, oh, I got to go home. So it's like, all right, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to do my thing. But will I have money to last me until the next pay period comes? Right. You know? And then on the producing side of the house, the same thing. As a producer, you incur a lot of the charges, like that money that you put up front. Because if a show goes south and you don't have, you didn't get the money from the ticket sales, you still have to pay the comments. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're not going to work with you. Right. They're going to drag your name through the mud, and they have every right to because you told them, "Hey, I'm putting on a show. Would you like to be on a show?" Right. With the intent of being paid. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not the money portion; it's the principle. Right. You can't expect people to work with you if you're not going to work with them. Yeah. So. Again, it's especially like, out of town. Or... Yes, you know. So because of some, and then um, I've had I've I've caught in, in contact with some comics, and I'll ask them, "Hey, would you come over here and do a show?" I'm like, "Yeah, the money's right." Okay, well, how much do you charge for a show? Oh, it just depends. So you're not even coming here with a flat fee, so you don't even know what you're worth. Yeah, you know. And then I got to make sure that you're worth the money to invest in. Right. And then there, and then you're not putting one comic on a show. You're putting three to four comics on a show. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to get paid. You have to be fair because nobody wants to keep getting paid in exposure and drink tickets, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like the behind the scenes, mentally it's tiring. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a challenge. So to, answer, to actually answer your question, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Let's Sometimes, but, but, but I see other producers coming up on the scene now and I'm like, I don't mind taking a step back, you yeah. know, and like, I can give up my production company and just keep my podcast going and just get on shows, you know, because um, it's okay. You know, you're not being a quitter if you're letting other people take on that. There's so many avenues. Exactly. There's so many components to it. Exactly. And then, you know, I have no, and then what we do is we hoard our our connects. Like, no, this is my venue. You don't pay rent there. It's yeah. not your venue. We already lost. They, they, the person that pays the rent on that venue, they won. Yeah. So why can't we share the venue? Oh, yeah. Sharita did a show over here. You guys are doing a show over here now? That's cool. We should all be happy that we get any venue. Yeah. Instead of like, no, this is my area. You can't come over here unless I put on a show. Yeah. And I've learned in the Army, like, if you do all the work and you don't share, guess what? You don't get to go home because you're at work. Late, suffering, hungry. Tired mm-hmm. and complaining. Yeah. No, I'm the type of person I want to share. Yeah. So it's like you're producing a show. All right, I don't have to do it. I, I don't even have to do a flyer. I can show up and watch. Right. Because I too want to support. You know. Yeah. And it's nice to just sit down and watch mm-hmm. and not be a part of anything and so, learn and see how other people do stuff too. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So I I wouldn't mind it. You know. But I got people in my ear like, no, don't quit because you're like almost at the top of your game. Don't quit. Because and I I've, I've found out that if you do quit. You can't get back in like you were. Really? So if I make that decision to step away, yeah. it's gonna hurt. So I'm just like, oh. So I guess Which I guess sad. Yes. So I guess I just have to figure out the the, the middle way of the yeah common ground. that balance. Yes, to make it work yeah. for me. Because like I said, mentally it's tiring. It's yeah. tough. So and I, I got my feelings hurt. <laughs> you know, when you ask somebody, "Hey, I'm doing a show. You want to do it?" And they're like, "No." I'm like. Okay. <laughs> so that rejection, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. So when? Uh so two weeks ago, uh, like I said in the, in the set that I did today with Jason Banks, he's mm-hmm. like a top YouTuber. Not some correction. He's a top TikTok performer. He is a comedian mm-hmm. based out of Ohio, and everybody knows um the little Derek skits that okay. he does. So um, I had sent. I just took a chance. Um, because like I said, I started talking to other comics. I'm like, hey, we're putting our shows over here, and I'm I'm, I'm getting people coming. So I'm booking as I go. 
So I was like, well, let me try it. So I reached out to him. Um, I sent him a, I slid in his DMs as the young kids say, but um, he's on Instagram. So I went to his DMs and I just, it was a professional, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm a producer, producing shows in El Paso. Um, how much would it charge? Well, how much would you charge to put on a show? You know, you got to ask yeah. him, um, what are your availabilities? And then um, he, he, he sent back um, a message. He said, this is my booking info. So you have to email that. So I did. I went to the email. I was like, hey, you know, um, same thing. I would like to book you for a show here in El Paso. He was like, what, what's, the? and then he started asking me questions like, well, what's the biggest venue you've ever put on a show at? I'm like, bro, hey, calm down. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, I'm, if, if I'm letting you know I'm putting on shows, that should be enough. <laughs> but I was like, okay, well, Tanya's, everybody knows Tanya's, I, I'm sorry, not Tanya's, uh, Max Downtown, mm-hmm. they do 150. She said the capacity was like 150. So that's been my biggest show. Um, when Adam comes to town, that's where I put on my biggest show at. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no thanks. I'll wait for the comedy club because the comedy club seems to be 100. I was like, okay, but if you do two shows, it yeah. needs to be 100 or more. I don't know. <laughs> you know, my math not so mathing, but we could probably top that. You're making people laugh. You're connecting with people. You're networking. But the promoting, I think that's, that's another thing. It's like if you tell comics mm-hmm. to promote, they're not promoters. They're not, yeah. you know, and so you need somebody who's actually a promoter. Right. Who does marketing right. and more than just the online because it is more than just the online. It is. It's right now with COVID, that's what we had, yeah. but it. There's so much more. And right. because we're coming out, there's so much opportunity. Because... Yes, everybody's ready to go out. And like, what is there to do? They're, so, they're still celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, bar mitzvahs, whatever's going on, family reunions. You're still wanting to celebrate. You yeah. still want to do something. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, this is our opportunity. So, that... so imagine if it was, um, in my mind, <laughs> it would be so ideal if it was just normal for people to be like, going to like locals going to a comedy show yeah you know and being able to see locals and traveling performers exactly and it's a norm it's not you know it's not like a burnt out like open mic and that's the only thing you can go look at besides an expensive you know person coming through or just the comic strip which maybe you don't know or like all of the like you don't know there has to be a variety there can't just be one entity and there's people that like at utep that they just people that live in the area who want to they donate money for students for different reasons right yeah this is also a money opportunity for investors because if it's something that's normal Mm -hmm. then more people are going to want to jump in at week after week you know, but we have to make people realize, hey, this could be a thing for us. Yes. Let's do it. Yes. You know? Yes. So, it's only going to work if one, the comics come together, put the little beef aside, and it'd be like the weirdest beef. Right. What are you arguing about? Right. Like, like none of us are A-list, so stop it. Right. You know, so come together. <laughs> put on a show. I don't want to work with that person. I'm like, huh? All that matters is making people laugh. Exactly. That's it. That's exactly. It. You focus on your material. Yeah. And it's going to get to put on a show and have a good time. That's it. Yeah. Like so, you're, so you're still going to be performing. Um, if people want me to, I don't think anybody likes my comedy. Really. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know what? The wedding I went to last night, mm-hmm. I got recognized. The bride was like, oh my gosh, you're the comedian. I was like, you know me. Uh, this is your night, but you know me. <laughs> 
like this now became my yes! name. <laughs> yes. No, but like I said, yeah, like I, I love it. I just I just say I I'm human. I, I doubt myself. I have self doubt, yeah, self insecurity sometimes. Yeah. I don't think my jokes are strong enough. And I know that's all me. Yeah. It's it's a me the issue that I have to work on. Which basic and all the easy fixes like, all right, take my breaks and then sit down and, and keep writing and keep yeah. writing and keep writing. And and I used to be a writer, so I understand where the words come from yeah. and the wordplay and how to take the my experiences and make them relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, like right now, my main jokes are about dating, and everybody's done that. Yeah. Everybody has an experience, whether good, bad, or in between. Right. So that helps me be relatable, and that helps me be, um, I guess, well known in comedy world. Yeah. You know, but eventually, I'm gonna still do the mom jokes. Yeah. Nobody cares about that sometimes. Right. Like, we don't talk about the kids. We're at the bar because we're forgetting all about our kids. I'm like, I know. But you got to go home sometime. But see, if you're not at a bar and you're at a show exactly. with paying customers. And I've noticed that. Who depending. are paying to be out. Yes. Away from their kids. Exactly. They can relate. Yes. And I've noticed that depending on the venue, yeah. some jokes hit harder than others. Others, You get the groan like, oh. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sure city too. Like city by city is a little different, like audience oh, yeah. wise. Oh yeah. But I hope you. I hope you don't stop. I don't want to. I just. I. I well, if you uh, don't want to, I'm on a roll right now. Yeah. I'm on a roll right now, so I, I don't want to stop. Because once you lose that no. momentum, like I said, it's hard to get it back. Yeah. So it's like it's like, and then, and then they always say like you have to be careful what you say out into the universe because you speak it into existence. Manifest. Exactly. So what I want to manifest is like I would love to do more shows, like you said, start traveling more, um, because I earned that title, National Touring Comic. So yes, put me on a stage somewhere. Yes. Um, if I need a passport, though, give me time. I don't have a passport. <laughs> but I would love to tour and see other cities and meet other comedians and just have a good time. Yeah. You know? So that way, when I'm in my rocking chair in my old age, I have my memories. And I can tell my kids, like, different types of war stories. <laughs> you know, Here's like, my entertaining war stories. Yeah, like, one time I bombed all the way in Omaha or something. It's like someone walks in the room, they're like, oh, mom's telling old war stories. And they're like, wait, which one? Yeah. <laughs> wait, the war war or the comedy war? I'm like, ah, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're a strong woman. You oh, served you. in the military. You have a plethora of children. Yes. and. You were running your own business, yeah. businesses, yeah. and being a performer and just coming out of quarantine. So if you could, if you could go back to March of last year and yeah. tell yourself something, like today, yes. if you could travel back and tell yourself something, what's something you would tell yourself? Don't quit. Do not let other people's opinions of you make you quit because I am sensitive. People started saying things to me. And just the other night, I got a text message, and I'm just like, huh? And it's coming from people that haven't come to watch my shows, haven't come to support me, but they're just like, well, I caught wind. Uh, I caught wind. No, you only caught wind when you fart. Like, how did you catch wind? You don't come to the shows. And it's always somebody trying to keep you down. Yeah. And as a woman, we already kept down. We're yeah. supposed to be an inferior race, yeah. and that's not fair. No. So if I am out there entertaining the masses my jokes have quality they have substance why quit so that's what i would tell myself don't if quit, you bitch. if you Keep want going. to do it why quit <laughs> exactly period yeah like i could be honest i'm like i never saw myself being a stand-up comedian and i've watched other people do it professional of course i never thought that i would be doing it mm-hmm. so now that i'm here i'm like i like it over here it's yeah nice. you're comfortable on stage yes. it's definitely yes and your success 
And I don't want to sound bad, but like my success, it, it is me because I'm the one that has to write the jokes. I'm the one that has to practice my material. I have to get on stage. Mm-hmm. If I don't do that, it doesn't happen. Yeah, you know. So it's all me, but yeah. not in a sense of selfishness. No. In the sense of well, you got to push yourself. You got to get out there. Yeah. And like I said, I'm shy. And I hide it well, but I'm like, oh, you want me on stage again? No, and you're strong. And that's why, like, even me, I'm, people, people that know me, they know that I'm very, like, I can be eccentric, I can be quiet, I can be smart, I can be airheaded as hell, like, you know, but I try to be as genuine as possible. And no matter what, I, I always assume good intentions, right? I try to. Yes. Because I've had enough chaos and enough of that crap in my life that it's like i've now especially now this year know my worth exactly like for me to be able to say that is everything to me Mm -hmm. and so you have to put your foot down you have to stand up for yourself and not in a you know and not in a bad negative way like sometimes we feel verbally attacked or something and sometimes it's a misunderstanding and we don't get the full, but like, I'm not a confrontational person. I do not like confront. I don't like it, but I have to be interpersonal. My, my interpersonal communication has to be better. I have to talk to other people yeah. to get an understanding. To ni- and then if it is a, something that's supposed to go negative, nip it in the butt immediately right. so that it doesn't fester exactly. and blow up to something out of proportion. Exactly. You know, so it's, it's like, not worth it. Exactly. It's, it's not like, worth it. We're people. My thing is don't go on Facebook. Talk to me first. Yeah. And then if you want to go on Facebook, I don't care. But at least you came to me and let me know, like, yeah. you know, because I've had people come up to me like, you don't defend yourself on Facebook. I don't even know what's on Facebook. I'm <laughs> yeah. scrolling. I'm, right. on, I'm mostly on TikTok. But, you know, <laughs> so when I'm on Facebook and I'm liking people's stuff, like, 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 and then I feel bad, like somebody has a heart and they don't have no likes. So I'm like, I guess I'm hard it right now. I don't want to be that person. You know, because I don't like competitions. Like, so oh, you, you liked it. You didn't heart it. And I'm like, because people yeah. actually confront you. Yeah, I'm it's silly. Like, if I liked it, I saw it. I'm showing support. But it's that, that's so freaking. It's dumb because it's not real. Yeah, it's online and it's it not real. Like, that's not what how things are measured. Right. You know what I mean? Not talent wise, not exactly. quality, you yeah. know. But so see me live. You have a problem with me, say it to me. Right? So I can like, that wasn't me, bro. Somebody's putting the wool over your eyes. Or if it was me, like, yeah, I said it. Yep. Yeah. Now right? we're talking about it. Yeah. That's true. It's yeah. true. <laughs> okay, so I before we finish, I like to do some sort of game. Mm-hmm. Um Uh oh. It's e- okay, you pick either a five never have I ever or two truths and a lie. Oh, what should I do? A never have I ever or two truths and a lie? Two truths and a lie. All right, we'll go two truths and a lie. <laughs> okay, I'll go first just okay. to like give you some time to think. I'm scared regardless. All right, so <laughs> two truths and a lie. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I have always loved peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I have won a competition at a university i've done electrical work i've installed <laughs> electricity into a house i believe that <laughs> <laughs> the single mom status we, we, we're, we're like handyman we do all that. so i definitely believe that <laughs> oh my gosh uh, so i'm supposed to guess which two are which one is the, is the lie. lie 
I'm gonna say the first one. Because the second one was like, you won an award at a university, I believe that. And then oh, okay. I think the peanut butter jelly sandwich is a lie. Why? Because as moms, when we have children, our taste buds change. I could not eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to save my life anymore. <laughs> and then kids were like, you want to make it? Mm-mm, you make it. Okay, so you're correct. That is a lie. <laughs> but for the totally opposite reason. I never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich until I was 19 years old. No way. <laughs> <laughs> So you're just like nibbling like that. I love them. Oh my goodness. Okay, that was like. Alright, you're Alright, so I gotta think of two truths and a lie. Yeah. Alright, so I have a master's degree. Um I've deployed four times. And I'm open to getting married again. Good luck. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that part? I don't know. <laughs> I want to just naturally say that one was the life, but I hope it's not. Because <laughs> I believe, I mean, I think, I believe the, the tours. I mean, I would believe masters. Why wouldn't you have a masters? Maybe people get the masters online all the time. Well, true story. It is a lie. The masters? Yeah. Ah! So what happened was, I was like, you're open to getting married. Yeah. <laughs> So what happened was... Was it um, the wedding? <laughs> no, no, actually, no. I, I, I was married before. I, I miss being married. Yes. You know, I'm not, you know, not going to rush into it. Right. But what happened was I, I did two master degree programs, made it all the way to the end. One, I filled out with one class left. The second master degree program, I ended with a 2.98 and to graduate requirements is 3.0. Oh. So I missed it by two points, but I finished the whole program. Oh my gosh. And then like, you have to wait a year and come back. And I was like, and I got to do the whole thing. There's like, no, you just got to do one class left. That makes no sense. Yeah, you wow. know, grease the wheels a little for bit. For one class. For one yeah. class. And I have, and like I said, that happened to me twice. So I went for my master's twice in different fields. Which ones? Where were you getting them? Uh, so I have a bachelor's degree in journalism and mass communication. So I just awesome. went to. Tulsa University to get my master's in journalism and mass communications, awesome. and that when I filled out the last class. And then the second school was Grand Canyon University. I was going for a master's in business administration. That's awesome. what gave me the um, the fortitude, I guess, mm-hmm. to go into business work because I, I took, like I said, I took every class. I learned mm-hmm. how to do everything. You learned it, yeah. I just didn't get the piece of paper that right. says I'm bona fide. Right. And um, you don't need it. Right. And I'm the type of person where not like, in business. People could lie and say, "Yeah, I got this." I but I feel like if you share your stories with people, people go through stuff. Like you said, we all go through the craziest things, but nobody ever says the failures. Mm-hmm. Nobody says the failures. Yeah. And I was bummed out because yeah, like people like you had to pay for that. Well, yeah, money's involved, mm-hmm. but. At the end of the day, again, that was my fault. I could have made it if I figured it out, like, you know, getting better grades, whatever the case may be. Right. So it's like, yeah, I finished the whole program, but I missed it by two Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I almost had a piece of paper. And some people yeah. are like, almost doesn't count. Yeah, well, how many degrees do you have? None. Right. Well, then. It's like learning to drive. Yeah. You don't need a license <laughs> you to know, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. in our society, we need a piece of paper to 
make us bonafide. Make so us says so. certain people, exactly. right? I think more and more people are realizing that's not the case. Exactly. Especially when it comes to, especially because we have social media, first of exactly. all. Exactly. But, I mean, just when it comes to business and marketing, yeah. nah. And it's, it's all, all about, about relationships. Exactly, yeah. and experience. Do you mm-hmm. have the experience needed? Because people right. are paying for the experience, sometimes not the education. Exactly. And the education comes, learn as you go. Yeah. So on the job training, as we call it. <laughs> so yeah, dude. You still yeah. got the experience out of it. You still got the knowledge out of it. Yeah. And you take what you can use, and whatever you can't use, you pass it off. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, who do, who's someone you would like to bring, not necessarily like A-list, but like an out-of-towner you would like to see? Ooh, okay. Um, Brooke Barcel. She's an Omaha, Nebraska comedian. And she's just like us. She's a producer. She was doing the online mics. I was in a lot of her online mics. But the thing was, her mics were like four hours long. Oh, wow. And when I say the the list, like you had to like, you know, sign up and everything. She would have four, up to 40 comics on one night. Wow. And we would all wait there. Or wow. some of us would go do an open mic somewhere else mm-hmm. and come back. And she's still doing a mic. Wow. And I mean, she has the most infectious laugh you've ever done. Uh, I can't I can't replicate her laugh. Uh, but she was, you know, she, oh well, not well, she's still alive. Sorry. She, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I would love to meet her, like her, 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 her energy, you know. And um, uh, so, yeah, she's one comic I would like to bring. I mean, I've met so many people, so please don't take it like the wrong no, way. No, yeah. But she stands out the most yes. because she was working right. um, hard. Right. And it still is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so when she closed the mic down, I was there for the last episode. Uh, so the last show. And it was like, you know, everybody's teary-eyed. And now she's doing live shows again. And I would love to bring her down here. Yes. You know, in El Paso. Yes. And especially just female comics. Yes. Like, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited for local investors, local businesses that are jumping on board. Yes. We do. We, we need some more venues. We need some more talent coming through. And we yes. need to be able to provide that entertainment with quality and get people out there yeah you know yes. get people out and sitting down and realizing that hey this is worth your time of course you yeah. know i think they love the entertainment anyway right they love it so we're providing it book us <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you on social media what are your handles yes on facebook i am s-h-a space r-i-t-a because you have to have a last name so i just put my first <laughs> name into two Yeah, okay. Yes, I'm on Instagram as S-H-A-R-1-T-A underscore. Because there was like a million streeters on Instagram for some reason. (laughs) Um, My Twitch and TikTok is Tiger Lily, T-Y-G-Y-R-L-I-L-L-Y. Because I'm a gamer, little no fact. So I started my Twitch because I was a gamer. And then the PlayStation broke. And then now the one PlayStation that works is in my son's room. And we don't want to fight to the death on it. So I haven't replaced (laughs) it yet. So I'm kind of taking a break from streaming the video games. But I do stream my podcast live because it's also on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube. So I have my YouTube channel up where I put snippets of comedy up there. And we do the podcast, uh, the shenanigans podcast. Keep it up, dude. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come over and interview you. I'm excited. Thank yeah. you for having me here. Appreciate and your it. birthday is this week. It is. Oh, my gosh, yes. I don't know what I'm doing just yet. But I'm grateful. That's why I've been harping on the Pistoleros uh, the Adobo show Friday, the Chingones Comedy Tour. Because uh, it's perfect time. It's my birthday weekend. So why not? where is that going to be at? Uh, that is at fifteen hundred Main Street in San Elisario, Texas. Oh. So yes, so if you can come out. If oh, that's where. The drive. That's where Iggy had. His, yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, so gotcha. if you can come out to do the drive, we would love to have you. The Chingona Comedy Tour here, yes. Friday, October fifteenth. 
I've been, I'm headlining it. So that's how it goes with the Shut Chingona show. Yeah, so the the way she does the Chingona tour is whatever city the comic is, if it's in your city, you're the headliner. Nice. So that's like, yes. that's like the best producer to have because she's yeah. willing to work with you exactly. and promote you. Yes. You know, so like you can't beat that. Yep. So I'm actually headlining a show. That's awesome. Yes. You can find all of Sharita's handles listed on our website under her pictures at local-landing.com. Thanks for landing, locals.